Welcome to The Save Room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. My name's Kevin. And my name is Daniel. All right. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. You know, I was I was expecting some like some spunk on that throw, but um you gave it to me clean. I thought about it. I thought about <laughs> spitting a fun nickname mm-hmm. like Daniel the Vile Blood or oh, Daniel okay. the Crow. Right. And I was just like, nah, I'm just gonna be Daniel today. He's, he's been playing Bloodborne. Yeah. Yeah. It must be such a treat, whereas like other like, you know, kind of funny games daily, easy allies mm-hmm. are talking about the new hotness in their hands. We got Shishima and they're fucking posting like the title screen all over Twitter and bullshit like that. And you come to the save room boys and we're just like you remember back in 2015 <laughs> when they made bloodborne <laughs> we're I, back i mean as the, the official uh, bloodborne correspondence mm-hmm. uh, i can safely report mm-hmm. five years later that bloodborne still a great game still fucks it's like i always say bloodborne will always be a great game forever <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's the best game ever made actually i feel a lot of my opinions yeah because uh, i had a lot of harsh opinions on it following the platinum track because that really grinded me down in a lot of ways you can't let that happen to you i notice you let that happen to you sometimes where you start to not love what is gold just Mm -hmm. because you're going after that that hard earn yeah exactly you know you know because i feel like if you truly love something you will love it at the best of times Mm -hmm. and the worst of times bloodborne's still your wife My great Thumerian wife, yes. <laughs> My Thumerian wife. <laughs> She's a great one. Um, now, this, if you did not know, and who is keeping track? Us, us, we're keeping track. It's episode 96. Damn. Damn, boy. Fucking crawling to 100. Our catalog is getting thick. Real thick. Dummy thick. Right? Yeah. Like, it won't be able to sneak around Shadow Moses anymore because its ass cheeks are so dummy thick. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you can tell we have not done a proper news no, episode haven't. in like three weeks. No. And we're just kind of busting with weird energy. Yeah, let me just hop around to weird stuff. Hey, we're in housekeeping now. If you didn't know, <laughs> the Save Room is the only podcast that would like to point out that, hey, you know Sub-Zero, Scorpion? They look really good in masks. They look really dope in masks. I'm not saying that for any particular reason. It's not topical. But I just gotta say, you know, you like those characters? They mm-hmm. wear masks and they don't look emasculated in any mm-hmm. sort of way. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of blood and spittle that comes out of uh, the people that they punch. You know what I'm saying? So the mask protects you. Protects it. Wait, wait a second. Mask pr- Masks protect, protect you. you. Huh. Besides the point, probably. How about this? Just wear your fucking mask. What? <laughs> We're four months into a pandemic. Wear your goddamn mask. I want to see my friends and family again. Get over here and wear your mask. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You can find The Save Room on soundcloud.com slash The Save Room Show or iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and even Stitcher, I think. No, I haven't checked there. in a while. No, I really? checked the Did SoundCloud check stats like a week ago. I think. And there was one really light uh, Stitcher stat. There's one yeah. Stitcher stat? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for keeping that thread Thank together. you, whoever's on Stitcher, going, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I love these blood boys. <laughs> but give us a nice look mm. up. We've got some some fun backlog episodes. The last one we did was a review, spoiler cast, of The Last of Us Part 2 with a good friend, Chelsea Heckabad. So if you haven't heard that yet, give it a listen. Mm-hmm. Give it a like. Give it a share. That was fun. It was beastly to edit. Mm-hmm. Very beastly podcast. Mm-hmm. But it's a thick game. A it thick deserves one. some thick discussion we hope to get her for like a live sesh one day because we did a mm. discord call and discord calls when you're doing remote podcasts are always with 
A lot of blemishes. Yeah. A lot of weird call <laughs> drops and issues. It's like having um, an invisible bear in the room that you sometimes have to wrestle with, right? Mm. And you're hoping that, like, you get the play dead moments where it's like everything's fine. Mm. And then the call drops or something crazy happens or it sounds like somebody is ripping apart the sound. It, it, it's good mm. stuff, but. Kind of funny's got it right. They got it right. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. Do we have to up our internet? Because I, I had a friend that also has, X, sorry, Xfinity. And they got the upgrade, and they said it didn't do shit. <laughs> they still get drops left and right. Yeah, I don't know if that's like a premium Discord thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, I'm I'm blaming internet in general. Yeah, I blame internet. You know what I'm saying? You Fucking know, what I'm World saying? Wide Web yeah. throttling. Yeah, so that was a lot of fun. But if you wanted to see instead of hear us, we also stream. My boy Daniel likes to stream over at Dungeons and Daniels at Twitch.tv. That's where you can find me. He, uh, he had to shut down his mixer, unfortunately, the other week. Yeah. We gave it a Viking funeral. It's pretty tragic. Yeah. But I'm moving over to Facebook gaming pretty soon. Really? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> no, you couldn't pay me to go to Facebook <laughs> gaming. Fuck. That's like you coming out like, YouTube gaming is back. There's Ninja, Daniel, one of their friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been doing the, the bi-weekly stream thing again. I got back into it. I took a two... Two-week, three-week hiatus uh, when The Last of Us Part Two came out. Had to mentally refresh. And since I've come back, I did an Overwatch stream, a Judgment stream, and then the main bread and butter has been Bloodborne streams. Bloodborne. Like, I've done three Bloodborne streams. And it's stuff that I originally didn't do on stream when I played it like two years ago. Because like when we were grinding through the Platinum in 2018, mm. it was main stuff. And now I'm doing like the Old Hunters DLC. I'm doing like side areas that like I only did once, like Kanehurst and doing all this yeah. cool stuff that like... Not a lot of people see because they either don't get that far or they just never saw it in their first playthrough. Yeah, so. yeah. And I, I, I'd like to think that, you know, the Blood Boys going back mm-hmm. to that game kind of shouts it out for the world, lets mm-hmm. them know, hey, this is still a great game. You got to get back in this shit. This shit's awesome. Get don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of it. Mm-hmm. It may look hard. And I won't, I won't be one of those guys where it's like, it's not actually hard if you understand it. No, it's a hard game, but if you have the patience and perseverance, you get nothing but that good, good reward, baby. I'm pretty decent at it, and I still get smacked around here and there just by yeah. being careless. Yeah, boss fights will always be a thing that you need to be careful and mindful for. Well, not even just boss fights, but like mini encounters with like, you know people on the hunt just villagers who overwhelm you and swarm you <laughs> or you got to remember that like oh certain dudes jump out of the same exactly. alleyway every single yeah. time and so you got a glass joe that can take you out while you're like fucking new game plus six yeah. with like every weapon in the game and you'll still get slapped down by like a a guy that looks like a scarecrow <laughs> yeah it happens here and there it's it's been fun i like our Soulsborne community of friends who are really passionate about those games and people coming out of the fucking the forbidden woods to talk about Bloodborne with me just because they love it so much and it's it's been cool because like back then I connected with you and Vargi about it and a few select viewers but now I have, my audience has grown a bit significantly since then you brought them all over from Mixer brought them all over from Mixer right. so now we're all talking Bloodborne and it's, it's been right, really right. good um, I think I'm gonna go on a continued probably Bloodborne trek finish up the old hunters dlc keep upgrading like my fun new trick weapons because we go to the, the our most overpowered weapon but it's been fun playing with some of the stuff that i've got on later playthroughs but never really used like you know yeah. the moonlight sword or like you know the fucking amygdalan arm you know i don't know man you, you when push comes to shove i'm gonna go for my bread and butter yeah, right like i'm still gonna use like whatever my strongest yeah. thing was that got me through it like right? i'll fuck around with the weaker yeah. crowds and then when i go to the boss i'm like all right mm. time to take my axe back out 
But that's been good. I'm going to roll through that. I think I'm going to do just a fun Sekiro stream, just beat it once in, in a sitting. And then my next thing is going to be restarting Dark Souls 3 from the beginning, new character. Because I want to go through the DLC. I never played either uh, the Ashes of Arendelle or the Ring City. I've, I played um, Ring City. I didn't play Ashes, though. Mm. Or Reverse that, whichever. Mm-hmm. Whatever one had ice in it, that's the one that I played. Mm-hmm. And the other one I did not. Mm-hmm. I heard they're both great. Yeah, I hear they actually have some like the best boss fights in the mm-hmm. series. In the series? In the series. People could say the same thing about the Old Hunters DLC in Bloodborne. Some of the best boss fights in the whole series. Oh, yeah. We talk about um, Ludwig, the Accursed, and Lady Marie, and Orphan of Cause. Like, these like really awesome like boss fights that are yeah. technically demanding and have just really cool set pieces. And the lore is really cool, too. Yeah. Oh, dude. The lore Actually, is like, good. spinning the lore back around my head, because I lost a lot of it, is just really fascinating. Because, mm-hmm. like, it's so... A lot of it's contextual, obviously, but it's really deep and grossly fascinating. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm having a really good time. Well, good, buddy. Yeah. But you know what else I find grossly satisfying? Uh... You. Oh! Or I can find you over at twitch.tv slash the red herb, giving us education on Wednesdays, cryptid shows, uh, advice columns, and, yeah. and the like, and, you know, Drunkuza streams every other day. Yeah, you know, I, I, I got the three mainstay uh, programs. There, There's programs now, right? We have disciplines on the red herb. Um, yeah, you're much more disciplined than I Yeah, am. we've changed. Actually, we haven't recorded since I've changed up the schedule, have I? Uh, I don't think so. Why don't you plug it? Oh, fuck. Okay. So there's Wednesdays, Kevin show, always a thing, 8 p.m. PT. All right. We, we talk about whatever the fuck we need to, whether it be skinwalkers or maybe what's going on with Whedon. He sucks. Mm-hmm. And then I read you a nice little novel for you to go to bed. And we do. We fall asleep listening to you. Fall asleep listening to It's Kevin. like sucking on a little whiskey thumb. And I'm just like, well, good night. Yeah. I, I like to think that all my followers are imagining sucking on a part of me as they... <laughs> <laughs> as they listen to me read <laughs> jesus christ fridays i do I'm, I'm working through the yakuza series i didn't put that on the schedule officially just in case i want to sub it out for like you know next week uh ghost of shima comes out i'm like oh i'll probably want to stream that on friday night, yeah. right so, but um for now i'm working through yakuza 5 building up to zero does that make sense sure <laughs> we'll just go with it well because they go chronologically they go mm. up to six and then zero you got a prequel you got to go back and i already beat six after like jumping from two to mm. six yeah 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 because how does hero. that feel in your brain uh is it easy to follow across like the series well in a word no <laughs> that's it that's all i got for okay. you no but i have a lot of help chelsea helps me uh uh remind myself Actually, it's just her telling me what happened, <laughs> like, between games. And no, shows. she's pretty, pretty good about, like, corralling yeah. the knowledge for all things Yakuza, because she oh, is course. the Yakuza correspondent. The Yakuza correspondent. Yes, on the scene. If you need to know about the coups, you talk to Chelsea. No, she calls them the Yakuza. The Yakuza. Yakuza. All right, well, that's debatable. Yeah. But, um, and then also, on Saturdays, I did a switcheroo. It is now Survival Horror Saturday, so yes. it officially happens at night at 8 p.m., and, you know, we're gonna, we've are gonna we been playing through Dead Space. Yeah, that's, we've been doing you a co-op stream me. as of last week. Right. It's more of um, a kind of a streaming protest, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, for EA to either remaster or do fuck-all with yeah. that franchise, <laughs> um, and hopefully they'll pay attention, you know? we, we I think we had um, the director of the game came in and said, please stop, both of you. <laughs> he said please stop dming me i mean we were being pretty esports about it so if we don't get their attention now it's probably never gonna happen we also get really drunk so i don't really remember but i do my takeaway was thank god that that little little guidepost thing yes. the waypoint thing shoots out of your hand so you know where to go in the level i i will say 
I often lose hmm. sight of the chapter to chapter objectives because you're doing routine like engineer shit, like mm-hmm. repairing a ship or trying to get passage from one area to another. But that waypoint, that PS3 waypoint is such a crutch for me, and I wish every game had it. Ultimate crutch, man. Yeah. I wouldn't know where I was at all. If I can press R3, it lights the way. And I'm just right. like, why can't every game have that? Why can't Red Dead have it? Breath uh, of the Wild could have it. True. True. All these the games are fucking up. The Last of Us lets you see through walls. <laughs> I <laughs> will point out. Yeah. <laughs> I will point out. that. <laughs> anyway. And then I did, uh, there's a new program called Hecka Herb. Chelsea joins me on Sundays where we stream co-op titles. And this weekend's a doozy. Uh, by the time this podcast comes out, go check out the VOD. But uh, we're going to be playing Fallout 76. Wow, way to take that one out of the vault, Todd. Uh-huh. Just dust uh-huh. it off. Uh-huh. Oh, there's more Todd talk later. Because this is now Todd talk. Todd talk. <laughs> <laughs> Skyrim. Okay, Todd. Let's put you back in the box. <laughs> I hear they're bringing that to the PS5. Uh, Sky- yeah, I think I saw box art for it. fuck? Oh, so we got some quick buys. I want to talk about a few things. Uh, but that's where you can follow us. Red mm-hmm. Herb, Dungeons and Daniels. There you go. Hit. So they showed what the PS5 box art is going to look like, and they showed it off with um, Spider-Man Miles Morales, Mm -hmm. Uh, and it looks primarily like a PS4 box, except with a little uh, white bar instead of a blue bar across the top of it. Mm. And that's it. There you go. I mean, I like that they maintain the blue. Mm. I like that they maintain the blue as well. I think Um, the white is definitely for the, the console accent. Yeah, I feel I feel that's the direction that they went with that. I I don't I don't know. I don't feel any one way or another. You know what I did see? I saw somebody do like a custom uh, Spider-Man cover where it was actually like um, a black and red accent to match Miles. Okay. And I was just kind of like, I wish all PS5 boxes looked like <laughs> this. Like that. To be honest with you, <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't feel one way or another. Uh, by the time that you know, five years from now, it's all digital anyway. So who gives a fuck? <laughs> you know? What do you think? It it is what it is. It's fine. It's just yeah. a box. It's just a box. That's my thing. Like, I look at my spine of video games these days, and when I look back on the PS3 era, I'm like, oh, yeah, I really like how those game boxes look. Same with PS2. But then as the next one comes along, I end up preferring that. I really yeah. love the way PlayStation 4 games look on a shelf. Me too. Like, the, the way the spines match, and then on the top, you just have that little, like, corner of blue. It's just perfect. So as long as they maintain that, I'm happy because I like the color blue, and it's visually appealing to me. Otherwise, a box is a box is a box. A box is a box. You're, you're never going to get me to go back to my favorite days of boxes, which was the fucking N64. Yeah. Like, you're never going back to that, so whatever. Yeah, well, I mean, those don't last, you know what I'm saying? They get crinkled, they yeah. get fucked up uh, pretty quickly. You know, you got to be careful Yeah, they were like boxes. cardboard. Yeah, they no, they were exactly cardboard, <laughs> if you recall. Yeah. And more cardboard on the inside. It was like... um. I don't know. It was like opening up like an electronics box. Yes. You know how everything's packed like in. Yeah, but it's fine. Mm. What else is going on? Uh, yes, there is a massive exodus or I should say not an exodus, but kind of an ousting that is still ongoing through the gaming industry where, hey, it turns out all your favorite creators are fucking shitty people <laughs> that have done some abusive things to take advantage of people. We had a pretty big one that I guess that's actually breaking right now with like Ubisoft Montreal. Yeah, where that's a doozy. I think. Hold on, I'll look it up real quick because it's kind of. I don't want to mince the details of it, but Jason Mm. Trier just kind of like talked about it. But this is not like exclusive to any one ring of the gaming industry. It's literally all over the place, and it's not even actually just in gaming. It's everywhere, but it's it's being highlighted in the gaming industry in a really important way. Give me one second. Where are you, Jason? Jason. Jason. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So Jason Trier came out 
33 minutes ago, breaking Twitter news, Damn. said, whoa, Ubisoft just announced that Surge Hascoat, the most powerful creative force of the company, and the man at the center of multiple recent allegations involving abuse and abating abusers, is resigning. He's resigning. He's resigning. Damn, we got breaking news in the save room. Yeah. Well, this is old anyway old. by the time you listen to this, but it's breaking for us. Wow. Well, yeah. good. Uh, to continue, anyways, I've spent I've been spending the past few weeks talking to dozens of current and former Ubisoft employees about all this for a full story that will be up in the near future. Most of them thought how Scott was untouchable. This is a stunner. In an internal message to employees tonight, Yves Guillermont said he will personally oversee a complete overhaul of Ubisoft's creative editorial team. And that is his goal to, quote, create a, an inclusive and open culture that embraces more diverse and multi multidisciplinary expertise. So, yeah, getting getting a main player out of there, a huge creative force who's kind of at the center of, like, a lot of this abuse and allegation, that's huge. Mm-hmm. It's important, too, because I don't think Ubisoft Montreal should continue in that shape or form at all. Oh, dude, I <laughs> Keep was... that old guard in there. I think I, I saw a thread last night on, on Twitter where this guy um, was, that like, I, I forget, it was, like, um, a French website, gaming website, was talking about, like, some of the stories coming out of uh, Ubisoft, yeah. and they translated the quotes, but they were, like vicious horrible shit Mm -hmm. right like um like this this one guy going around and basically (laughs) try basically dogpiling on certain um developers where like they're working at the company and they would just say like hey let's call them the moron from now on so they don't have to like listen to their ideas like Mm -hmm. so if somebody was like a little eccentric they'd be like they would openly call him a moron like during meetings Mm -hmm. and shit like just really toxic stuff especially sexist shit Mm -hmm. and um yeah Bigotry as well. Mm-hmm. I got a question though. Eves? Oh, it is my solemn promise to make sure I change everything. Okay, yeah, man. You, you didn't know any about that? You didn't know about this? Like, this this happened for years and years and years and years and years. And it was just like, eh. You know, one thing that stood out from that thread last night that I was reading was that they honestly, Ubisoft took this stance, at least in HR and management, that it doesn't matter how bad your crime was as long as you produce results. Yeesh. that's the fucking thinking that needs to stop. That's gross. That's not, no. No, 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 no. If somebody's being totally intolerant or shitty to work with, mm-hmm. that just overrides their ability or talent. Mm-hmm. Sorry. All right, but I gotta say, Eves, come on, man. And it's not a good look because they're doing that uh, Ubi Forward thing. What, mm-hmm. like next week? Or yeah. the week after? Yeah, it's next week, actually, where they're gonna reveal some more Assassin's Creed and whatever the fuck else, Watch cool. Dogs 3, and I'm just like, okay cool yeah i don't know how in good conscience you could like promote that sort of stuff i know you have to because this is when it was probably going to happen anyway in the e3 sphere but also it's like you have a lot of other more important stuff bubbling to the surface that warrants discussion Mm -hmm. again this is happening all over the industry not just with ubisoft all over the industry we still don't know what happened to dr disrespect i have no idea we have no fucking clue he's trolling you think it's a like a publicity thing? I don't think Twitch would be in on the joke like that because mm. they know not to fuck around with that. In fact, they've made some boo-boos over the last few weeks that we're going to talk about later in the episode. Yeah. But I, I think it's maybe one of those things where if it if it isn't a joke, right, and it's something that they are looking into a little more seriously, maybe they don't want to jump the gun on it and they want to get all the facts in order before saying, like, hey, this is what happened. I think that's closer to the truth. But it's like us not knowing makes it seem like, oh, it's probably pretty fucking grave. Mm-hmm. Right? I, yeah, I, I'm... I don't know. It's been two weeks. We could speculate like left and right, but yeah. we won't know until they actually come out and say, this is what's up, yeah. you know? But it is interesting, but it, I, I I don't know. I, I The thing that I want to impress is that 
<sighs> this is going to keep on happening. We're going to keep on hearing about this mm-hmm. um, because I think it's been such a prevalent problem for so fucking long. There's people that we don't, we're not even like that are not even on the radar who have been abusive in this industry mm-hmm. in gaming in particular mm-hmm. that. Yeah, they're probably pretty either pretty quiet or pretty fucking scared right mm-hmm. now, right? So we'll see. But it is, it's terrible too, right? Because I think a lot of people lash out on the on the victims that are actually telling their stories and being like, "Where's your Where's your proof? How much evidence? We shouldn't dogpile like this until mm-hmm. we understand." And it's like, dude, you got to think about things like nobody films their life a hundred percent of the time. They're especially not filming their life when they get sexually assaulted. Yeah, I think those cases where people are being dragged in the public uh, eye to provide, like, proof or anything that evidence is kind of... That's even more traumatizing. Like, if somebody tells you, hey, I was sexually harassed or abused or raped, I I think there's enough merit and bravery there unto itself to believe that person. Be like, okay, yeah, this likely happened. I mean, a lot of people... Especially if they're in a position in the gaming industry where they're afraid it's going to jeopardize their position, they'd probably not say anything. So if they're coming out to say something, to put themselves under fire under various communities and teams that they might work a part of that Mm. might have maybe incubated this sort of behavior and putting their job at the line, I'd believe it because they're putting their their lives in, um, I guess, reputation at stake. I mean, that's the most salient point, right? You got to understand with victims, they have everything to lose, nothing to gain. About outing their abusers. Mm. Understand that. People are saying believe victims for a reason, Mm. right? Because they have nothing to gain. What, just because they're vindictive and want to see somebody's fucking streaming career go down? Mm. No. (laughs) No, because they want to give others the courage to stand up and say, Mm. this happened to me too. Mm. Why? So it can stop happening. Simple as that. So, you know, it's going to continue happening. And I'm not not one of those people. Like, I, I really do think... Cancel culture is this derogatory way of referring to accountability. Mm-hmm. There's measures to it, too. Yeah, like, we course. were talking about this, where it's like, hey, if we find out that your favorite content creator was cheating on their wife, okay, may- does that make him a shitty person? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> but, like, sure. But at the same time, it's not really our business. Yeah, I think that's, <laughs> that's a big blurring of lines where things yeah. like this come into the open, and it's whether an ex-spouse or whoever that brought these details to light then we dogpile and it's like oh they're awful they deserve to be canceled it's like no they deserve to be held accountable and that conversation probably needed to happen with that person whoever they cheated on or did this like it not necessarily it's not a crime you know it's just maybe something immoral or bad like right douchebag and if that makes you lean one way or another for whether you want to continue supporting him great That's but we need to understand where it's like if if the allegations are as serious as they were grooming people for years grooming women for years yeah. uh sexually harassing them sending them unsolicited dick pics and shit mm-hmm. now that becomes our business that yeah, becomes our business because it's just like we do not tolerate that. <laughs> that should not happen. That yeah. should not be supported. There, there are there are massive measures, lines, and and leaps between. I cheated on my wife, or mm. I was a main player in the Smash community. And I had a sex house. Like there there there's huge huge <laughs> definitions that need to be made yeah. between the two. And there's I think degrees. some of it does get uh get blurred, but. Also, again, accountability, calling these things out and not letting it to continually happen. I think a lot of the gaming industry is built off of, like, old mentalities, and a lot of it's built around protecting people. Yeah. So, like, just tear apart that foundation. And whisper networks. Exactly. Let these stories, like, empower others, let their voices come forward, and then if 
so what if you lose your favorite creator? Another great creator is going to come along who's not going to be that sort of person. Mm. Whose work is going to inspire different ways and it's not going to come at the trauma of somebody else, you know? Right. So, yeah, some of the stories I've been hearing are pretty horrendous. But, I mean, shout out to the people who have been brave enough to put their themselves out there and elevate other voices because that's hard. That is hard. I've never had to do anything like it that. It is so the hardest really hard. thing. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, that's it's crazy stuff. It's 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 been going on, and it's it's interesting. I I think this pandemic has definitely been a pressure cooker on so many different degrees. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like I'm sitting here like we're we're what in July, and I'm like, is it July? It's wow. yeah, it's July, doggy dog. And I'm just kind of like, what's the next dam that's gonna break? Mm-hmm. You know, like what's the next thing where it's like, hey, you know what? We're not standing for this shit anymore either. You know, mm-hmm. like it's it's almost um edifying in some ways, even though it's completely exhausting to have it be like oh wow the world is very terrible thank you corona for for fucking shining not only a light on it but a magnifying glass to set those ants on fire as i say i think we've always (laughs) known but i think our threshold for it is a lot shorter than it used to be where it's like we're just not gonna stand for shit because it's just like why 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 you know it's like i could get fucking sick tomorrow because some asshole doesn't want to wear their mask at a Mm -hmm. fucking gas station why am i going to continue tolerating these things you know i think that a lot of people are on that same impression it's just it's interesting terrible times as always but let us talk about some interesting maybe not terrible video game news my friend (laughs) you're like yeah i know i'm just thinking about it it just makes me mad that so many people in these positions of power just, like, abuse that power and the goodwill of other people. Mm. I don't know. It's fucked up. I mean, most of that, I'm not surprised, but I it mean, I'm still not makes me angry. I, there, I, there's a lot to say about the the adage, uh, what, absolute power absolutely cor- corrupts or something like that. Correct. And it's just, like, if you're going to be in a position of power, you're probably going to abuse it in some way or another to use your influence and I don't what know. Do you, what, how do you, um, so do you think that's, like... Is it like the disbursement of power would mitigate that? Or like what would stymie that whole like, hey, this person has too much power and obviously you can abuse it very easily? I don't. Well, that's not to say that everybody who has power abuses it because there are tons of good people out there who have not done things like that. I mean, I don't know these people personally, but I imagine like, you know, Reggie fils isn't out there fucking, you know, doing terrible things like that. (laughs) I'm I'm looking at you like silently like, you just wait a month in the year of Corona. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, I'm telling you, Reggie's got skeletons take, take in his fucking eyes, yard, but not, dude. But not Reggie. <laughs> I know. I know he's got, um, he, he's, he's got dry bones in his closet. But. Yeah. We're going to find skeletons that he's been posing. They're holding like 3DSs <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> but I think it just, it's, it's not necessarily mm. like, what do we do to like dismantle the power? It's just like, if there's somebody in a position of power who's doing shit, just don't let it slide anymore. Like again, mm. like you said, these whisper neck networks dismantle them don't let them be yeah they they form these like shields yeah. right like people start idolizing these these people in positions of power and they shouldn't be idols they're just people just people <laughs> right so that's our that's our i know it, it's like one of those things where it's like there's no clean clothes to this conversation because yeah. it's like this is ongoing it is <laughs> and again it's not even necessarily our conversation to have in full because we're not right. receiving any of this stuff in the bad way but you know it just to kind of make it aware and apparent that this is happening in our industry and it's mm-hmm. important to talk about it yeah that's and support it. the voices that are talking about there it absolutely all right now for our stupid voices <laughs> i got a few things on here that were kind of flybys and then we got some meaty meaty news here but i did want to mention if you guys were wondering out there yeah they're still working on final fantasy 7 remake dash two 
Final Fantasy VII Remake more? <laughs> like, whatever it is. <laughs> so, as confirmed by uh, Yoshi Nori. Uh, oh, God. No, no, let me not butcher his name. Hang on, hang on, hang on, everybody. <laughs> uh, as confirmed by Yoshi Nori Katase, he says that while the situation going on in the world is unprecedented, their team is still working on it, and they're working on the game remotely. Now, there are some considerations. He said they're not going to be at peak efficiency mm. because a lot of Japanese households are not really meant for the kind of, well, video game development in general, right? Some yeah, of them they are, don't have, like, the same infrastructure as, like, Western infrastructure in terms of, like, no, internet and stuff like that. Yeah, so that that's a big thing. So I, I wonder how much that would potentially delay, and I also kind of wonder, it's like, mm. where are they exactly at in the production because when they're working on final fantasy 7 and it it seems like they have like an idea of what the parts should be but not necessarily when to like cap it and be like this is part two this is part three part four because they have yet to tell us how many parts that this is gonna be oh yeah right i still don't even think they know so like you remember how we talked like we joked before that it's like oh yeah this game is gonna be fucking like over the next 10 years i honestly think that, that yeah that's true i think point. that's a likely statement it's probably gonna yeah. stretch all across next yeah. gen I would hate to say next, next gen, like PS6 or whatever that era looks like, but... Dog, I want somebody to write, like, a fucking book about this. Like, when it, like, like 15 years from now, when it's all said and done, and be like, sit down with the major players and be like, yo, how did you do this? Get Jason Schreier in there to write the fucking end-all, be-all compendium of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Jason Schreier? Yeah. Uh, he's too busy with the Bloomberg, man. That's true. My thing is, is so it goes back to even, like around the release of seven remake part one where Nomura and Katase were talking back and forth, or I guess there were just shared anecdotes of like one of them saying, Oh yeah, we could have it out sooner if we did, you know, smaller parts. And then the other was like, yeah, but we could also have bigger parts and take longer with it. And it's just like, they don't even seem like they have a unification of like how they want to approach the development. And right design philosophy of it if it, it very much feels like it's going to be one of those um done when it's done situations mm -hmm. and unfortunately i think fans need to understand that probably means it's going to be a lot of years before you see the completion of this series it fucking sucks but i'll wait for it because i mean if the first part was any indication of how great the rest will be it's I'm worth waiting sorry. for it's worth waiting for let me ask you man mm -hmm. still your favorite game of the year oh yeah yeah huh? yeah yeah i think it's gonna be a tough one man yeah. I think it's going to be a tough one this year because for me, I really love Last of Us Part Two, but mm -hmm. God damn it, I think like the most fun that I've had with a new release was Final Fantasy VII Remake. Mm -hmm. That game was fucking just stellar, shiny tits. I mean, I had fun with like aspects of The Last of Us combat, and I think as a whole, that package really wowed me. I was yeah. mesmerized by like the storytelling and video game approach to like this larger than life sequel. But then when I look at Final Fantasy VII Remake, like, it just did it all for me. It made me smile. It made me, cr like, cry. It made you it made horny. Me, it made me horny. <laughs> it made me feel really overwhelmed with many emotions. That's what Horniness they, included. I didn't get too horny during The Last of Us, I gotta <laughs> no, tell you. No, I wasn't that, that horny. I'm I sorry. wasn't that horny. Yeah. <laughs> if they had kept Joel around longer, maybe I would have been horny. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but now they, they decide not to. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, did you get a major erection during the credits when you heard him singing? <laughs> I did. When I heard that raspy, deep uh, Troy Baker sing along. You were just like, oh, I can't quit you. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next thing I want to talk about here is kind of interesting because it's kind of a deep dive into Valve. So Jeff Keighley released this unusual product that you can find on Steam, which is kind of like an interactive documentary of some sort. Mm -hmm. I, I can't even give you enough like information on it because I don't 
have Steam. I'm not a real gamer. I'm a, I'm a lowercase g gamer. Yep. But it is called uh, Half-Life Alex: Final Hours. And kind of talking about like a lot of the projects that Valve was working on that eventually got fucking canceled. And how they eventually led to finally, you know, biting the bullet and We're releasing a Half-Life game. Mm-hmm. Now, some of the projects that got canceled are what have people, well, you know, <laughs> crying. Yeah, <of> course. <laughs> Fuck 2020, dude. Fuck 2020. You think we want to hear that Half-Life 3 was, like, developed three different times and got canceled? No, this year is the worst. <laughs> anyway, so, of these projects, Left 4 Dead 3 was in gestation. It was supposed to be an open-world take on the series that actually took place in Africa, and you were supposed to fight hundreds of zombies at once, and they decided to cancel it. That's interesting. And I'm like, okay, really? That's... Sounded awesome. Yeah. Like why, 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 why? You know. That sounded like something they could have pulled off like this gen, and it would have been really cool. I know, right? I don't know why they let that one languish because mm-hmm. I feel like that would be something everybody would be on board with. And we've seen like iterations of things like that since Left 4 Dead. I mean, look at Dead Island. Look at Dying World War Light. Z, Dying Light. Yeah. Like you have a lot of open world zombie free for all games. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny, I went back, like, me and Chelsea went back to Left 4 Dead, played it, and it's dated as fuck. Oh, like, yeah. the original game is dated. And I do mean the console edition. I know that they supported the, the, PC, the PC ones and this and that, because Valve doesn't give a fuck about consoles. Yeah. Um, another project, well, again, like I said, multiple renditions of Half-Life 3, including one that included procedurally generated levels and enemies, oh, which was a really interesting, interesting take on that. So it had a solidified story, but then everything else that happened was unique, which is really cool. Uh, they were developing that on a new version of the Source Engine, mm-hmm. but apparently that source engine wasn't complete so they scrapped the project as well Mm. which is sad yeah and apparently thanks to half-life alex last bit on here they feel that they have a little more courage about taking on a new big half-life again Mm -hmm. but they're still debating on whether or not they want to make triple a games versus just supporting stuff like uh their vr I kind of like i see I, i see both points but at the same time it's like as a fan I legit just want them to make great games again, right? Yeah. Not not experimental little fucking projects that, like, you know, the few will enjoy versus, like, the many are going to really dive into, like, Left 4 Dead, Portal, you know, those franchises that we love. It is a very kind of polarizing business decision to be like, hey, we're going to support, what is it, the Valve Index with, like, these kind of bite-sized experiences from f- franchises that you really love, but in a less accessible way than we normally would if we were just put out a game on PC or console, which is, it's baffling. Doesn't it baffle? A but little it's, bit. At the same time, it's like, if it's a company that fucking owns Steam mm-hmm. and like, they're flush as fuck, right? There's no question of survivability for, for Valve. Mm-hmm. So when you're in that position and you, let me put That's it to you this way. <laughs> you're young, but you got a lot of money in your bank account. Mm-hmm. You don't have to work. You only have to work if you're bored. That's true. That's what Valve is right now. We only got to put in that work if we're bored, is basically what they're saying. Yeah, it's possible, too, that maybe that a lot of the creative people that were there before aren't there anymore. And yeah. Maybe the shape, the internal shape of Valve has changed in terms of, like, hey, we used to really be hard up on, like, wanting to create, you know, games and develop games. But no. now it's just, like, we're not that Valve anymore. We want to publish. We want to have this platform. We want to do other stuff. And, I mean, it is what it is. Um, I guess when you're doing, when you're not just pigeonholed as one sort of studio or another... You have a little more flexibility, but we know Valve for video games and Steam. I mean, they got there yeah. because video games, exactly. right? Their whole infrastructure 
revolves around video games in I'd one say, way or another. One way or another. It's at the epicenter of what their <laughs> business model is, whether it's allowing you to buy games off of a platform or it, selling us games. I. It's just so interesting. It's like walking into a car dealership and being like, I can get rims, I can get tires, I can get windshield wipers, but I can't get a car. <laughs> what the fuck? I can buy the dealership, but I can't buy the cars. <laughs> you're like, you're giving me everything but the cars, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Sell me a fucking car. <laughs> anyway. It is what it is. I mean, yeah. I think Valve, for me, as a, they're a historical studio, for sure. And I've played a lot of their games, and I've definitely enjoyed them. But for me, I don't think they're nearly as coveted as they are for most people. You know, I never played Half-Life. I love the Left 4 Dead games, and Portal is fucking awesome. And, you know, Team Fortress, all that. Like, it's great, but I think I've grown to just, like, you know, like other studios, because they've managed to stay relevant because they keep putting out games. They keep on making so, games. Imagine that. But not to shit on it completely, because I did hear that Half Life Alex is pretty great. As That's a true. Game and it, it handles pretty well. It feels good, and the story is actually pretty decent. So. Which is cool. Which yeah. is neat, right? I get. I, I like that they're pushing boundaries. Yeah. You know, one way or another. But I just wish that their strategy was kind of um, more encompassing. Yeah. Like, here's our VR game, but you know what? Here's a single player game that you know you can play, download standard first person you know mm. that kind of thing you know just like like a video game is what i'm trying to say <laughs> hey valve turn the valve and make video games again make video games again that's one thing i mean do you think in terms of like a lot of their ip that they can keep making vr games in a sustainable way where it's like okay left for dead yeah maybe you could tell survivor story in that world in vr but it's like you're not going to tell an open world story with a hundred zombies attacking you in vr like it's not going to be the same thing i think i think a a few of their ips well honestly the ips that would lend to vr they've already done something with like there is a portal vr yeah it's like a little tech demo thing but it's still there right left for dead might be really fucking nauseating to make it as a vr game maybe a little too overwhelming um but I, I would see them probably crafting original experiences and then also platformizing uh, the index for other developers to make shit for. But, I mean, that's their strategy, right? That's what it's always been. Mm-hmm. But just make those games. Make games. People people just want to see a three. What <laughs> <laughs> are your IP? <laughs> like, there's so many IP that we want to see a three after. Like, we've gotten to, like, literally every IP is just missing a number three at the end of it. What the fuck? Basically. <laughs> how, how have you done this? <laughs> Anyway. So if we no hang on if we get Portal three, uh-huh. Left 4 Dead three, and Team Fortress three, uh, yeah Team Fortress three. That's the other one I was thinking of. Somewhere in the world that kind of adds up to six six six. So maybe they're afraid of like somebody. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> anyway, now oh last little thing to push out here. Uh, we talked about Last of Us just a little bit, but um looks like Naughty Dog is shoring up for a new game all right in addition to them working on the multiplayer whatever the fuck Mm -hmm. for last of us part two they are working on a new next gen game that they're hiring for as a job listing was spotted by push square i believe yeah so cool what do you think is next what do i think is next let me give you a few options Okay. I think there's that's an probably it. That's thing probably, in the yeah. works, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, they said no DLC for Last of Us Part Two, mm-hmm. so it sounds like only the multiplayer whatever, which I think might take a bigger life than just being a weird expansion. I... Yeah, if they're trying to really support it in that sort of, um, how do I want to say, 
like Capcom Resident Evil Resistance way, but more successfully, uh, make it be this kind of standalone thing that people actually want to play. Because the original factions... Hang on, though. The diss is so hard because it's just like, yeah, do something like Resident Evil Resistance, but people would want to play. <laughs> the thing about factions was like the, the gameplay was so solid. And we, we talked about it kind of a little bit in our Discord of like what a new factions could look like in terms of like some of these new groups that spouted up in like The Last of Us Part Two. You know, the... Um, hmm. God, what are they called? I forgot. The um, Seraphites. The Seraphites. The Scars. The and, then, and then the Wolves. The yeah. Rattlesnakes. The, like, you have all these fucking factions now, and then you could even add zombies in a really cool way. Do like a mm-hmm. horde mode. Do the, you know, World War Z thing. Throw zombies in there. Throw boss fights in there, even. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of room to do something in there. I don't necessarily think that they would hire a narrative writer for that, unless they are trying to thread a narrative story into the multiplayer. Which is you mean possible. the multiplayer? Yeah, 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 yeah. That would be cool. I mean, I could see them maybe wanting to do it because even um, the original factions had kind of a a light story. Mm-hmm. There was writing to it. It's just you know. I mean, I don't. I don't think it's a, a stretch of the imagination for a very narrative focused studio to mm-hmm. be like, "Hey, our take on multiplayer is narrative driven." Exactly. You know, that'd be neat. But I, I really do hope that they're either shoring up for like what is going to be a an uncharted next reboot gen. yeah next gen reboot with like his daughter kind of in the in the mm-hmm. front seat or a new ip altogether i would love to see them do something different i lean more towards i want a new ip from them yeah i think i said it before i think it'd be interesting for naughty dog to do something that's science fiction mm-hmm. um that would be pretty interesting so i mean yeah you can make an argument for jack and daxter but that's still like too cartoonish in some cartoonish. of the elements to like no i mean like a you know hard hard sci-fi kind of shit you know what yeah. i'm saying i gotta wonder like what that looks like for them anyway because a lot of their games even though they're like fantastical or out there in these created worlds they're still kind of grounded mm-hmm. in characters in a sort of reality so even if it was this epic like space-faring sci-fi adventure it'd still be pretty grounded i would want that grounding yeah. right like i think that's what their heart and mm-hmm. anchor is is like here's a very relatable story and then let's build on top of that right i think it'd be cool go to space oh, yeah. man do a blasty blast in space fact, four? they fucking tease it in last of us part two they we're going did. to space we're going to space neil's gonna take us to space you gotta close your eyes real tight <laughs> <laughs> and you'll go to space <laughs> or what or or make a dinosaur game is what a I always dinosaur say. game yeah. Wow. We're not going to game pitch it because we already talked about it enough, but... That's true. Yeah. I do want a dinosaur game. But, like, Uncharted mechanics, don't make me shoot people because Nate, Nate's already killed enough people. Make me it's shoot true. dinosaurs. Killed a lot of people. Yeah. Kill dinosaurs. We haven't killed enough dinosaurs in video games, I gotta tell you. No, there's so many that need to be killed still. Yeah. Even though they're extinct. <laughs> there's so many out there. Yeah, they just need to be destroyed. <laughs> Roaming about. Ah, <laughs> uh, Mr. Daniel. Yes. Somehow we're not even in the news probably. I know, I know. Now we are, sir. Well, honestly, I feel like we're going to fly through a lot of the next stuff. Yes, the next two are flyby stuff. You know how I like talking about movies and video games Mm -hmm. in the same breath? Well, here you go. Number one, the Sleeping Dogs movie is still happening. Okay, according to Donnie Yen's Instagram, uh, the martial arts superstar, who I might add has a terrific smile, shared an Insta of himself working out. That's not the news, but the news is that the tags for the post indicate Donnie Yen is gearing up for his starring role in Sleeping Dogs, an adaptation of the 2014 open world crime game set in Hong Kong. The film was announced in 2018 with Yen to play undercover cop Wei Shen, who returns to to Hong Kong from the U.S. to do battle with the crime syndicate he was once part of. That's pure drama, baby. I like that. That's pure drama, baby. Now, no word on the film uh, releasing or when it's going to release, and just like how a sequel to the game... <laughs> 
has also never fucking released. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it's pretty sad. That was a sleeper hit for you. No pun intended. Uh, there was a little bit of pun in there. Yeah. It was. It was a sleeper hit for a lot of people mm-hmm. because if you remember, Sleeping Dogs is was originally supposed to be a third true crime game. Uh, supposed to be true crime Hong Kong. And then they lost that IP because I think THQ fucking dissolved mm-hmm. before... THQ Nordic became this thing. Yeah, became this fucking massive orchestration to evade taxes by mm-hmm. buying up as many IP as possible. I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah, I think so too. I'm still... Like, I have a fucking, uh, like, a, a board. <laughs> a conspiracy board? <laughs> yeah, a conspiracy board, like, plotting. Like, what the, what the fuck? Did they... Did they buy the Sabrina IP? <laughs> it's just weird. Um, and then... This so United Front Games tried to make a sequel to Sleeping Dogs, didn't go very far for some reason. I think funding was a problem. Mm-hmm. Maybe Square Enix wasn't playing ball. Maybe the first one sold uh. a little soft. I don't know. Um, it sold well enough to remaster it for PS4, so you can pick it up. Typically, it's like five bucks. Honestly, it's a little bit GTA. It's a little bit Yakuza. Mm-hmm. That's what makes that game brilliant. It's got some great fight mechanics. It's got a decent dramatic crime story, mm-hmm. and it was made by a team that made racing games. So, like, the car stuff was amazing in that game. It felt great. Mm. Very arcadey, but fucking hell. I've watched you play a decent amount of, of Sleeping Dogs. I it love Sleeping fun. Dogs. It's fun as fuck. You go to a Taekwondo island. Yes, you do. <laughs> oh, the DLC was stupid. It was great, though, but it was stupid. I love that <laughs> game, man. I just thought, like, it blew my mind. I was like, oh, yeah. Donnie Yen is going to play Wei That's Shen. That's pretty good. You remember him from uh, Rogue One? Yeah. Yeah, and then he's also the eponymous Ip Man. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen those movies, but I hear they're great. Oh, dude, you got to Listen, I got it. There's a lot of movies I got to see. You just got to um, Just real quick, what would you want to see from a, a Sleeping Dogs movie, if anything? I would like. I would love to see a sequel to the game. <laughs> 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 like, that's all I can keep a, a on saying. A movie that is a sequel to the game. <laughs> I really just want a sequel to okay. the fuck. No, I don't care about them. I want a sequel to the game. <laughs> Give me a, a game sequel. <laughs> I just wanted to mention that. Okay. Second movie thing, my friend. Mm. Number two, the Monster Hunter movie no one asked for is delayed. I know, I'm sorry. Sony Pictures announced that the film has slipped from its September 4th release to April 23rd, 2021. Wow. Sony did not give us a reason behind the delay, but it's a safe bet the current pandemic affected release plans just as it has for so many other movies. I mean, we don't even need to publish that. It's just a given. That's a given. That's just happening. Now, if you didn't know, and I wish I didn't, director Paul W.S. Anderson has decided to adapt the Capcom game, having already given us the Mortal Kombat movie and later cursed us with the Resident Evil films. Dazed and confused, Mila Jovovich plays a soldier whose team of also soldiers gets trapped in the Monster Hunter world. (laughs) I said Monster Hunter world. And has to hunt monsters with Tony Jaa and Ron Perlman. Okay. Right? Interesting cast. Now, most importantly, Jovovich's character will have the actor's personal weapon and armor loadout from the game Monster Hunter World, making this movie the most expensive LARPing session ever. (laughs) Cool. Why? I I mean, sure. Yeah. (laughs) Now, every time I'm reminded that this movie exists, I want to roll up a newspaper and just slap Paul W.S. Anderson on the nose and go, no, bad, (laughs) like real quick. Don't do this. Would you rather him do this or keep bastardizing the Resident Evil franchise? I would rather him go away. <laughs> <laughs> or make Event Horizon 2. Like, that okay. was, like, the, the, the one movie that everyone can, like, agree on that was really good from him, right? Um, yeah, why, why does he have this itch to just adapt video games? 
he likes video games, dude. And his yes. and his wife needs work, so he keeps on yeah, Mila, he keeps on getting her in starring roles. I don't see her starring in anything else really. It's been a while since it's I've seen her in It's been movie. a while. Yeah. I think it was Resident Evil. <laughs> it's the last time I saw her in something, right? Probably. Um don't get me wrong, I love Mila. I love me Oh yeah, Mila. she's great. She's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Days and, and confused. And fucking Ron Perlman? Fuck yeah. Ron Perlman. Put him in shit. Still, he's fucking 89, and he's still out there, and he's... I think the other day, he was like, I really, really want to make Hellboy, Hellboy 3. I'm trying so. to think of, like, the last thing I saw him in, and it might have been Pacific Rim. Uh, no shit. Yeah. Damn. It's been a while. That was a weird role for him, too, yeah. right? Anyway, but... He was like a black market seller. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Uh, he does a lot of voice work, too. Does he? Okay. Yeah, for video games. He does a lot of voice work. Well, I mean, this will be interesting. I don't really Are care. Are you sure? I don't really Are give a shit. Sure? Honestly, like, I don't care about a Monster Hunter World movie. Put it on Netflix. Uh, put it on Netflix. Or make a series out of it. I think there's a lot of potential to just, like, I think Netflix has really broken my mind in a lot of things that they've done with, like, hey, we're going to take a series that many less competent studios would just make a big budget AAA movie out of, and we're going to be a little more thoughtful with it or change the medium, like, you know. Have The Witcher be like kind of a teledrama with fantasy elements, or you mm. know, have Castlevania be this animated fucking hyper romp, which is awesome. Sure, but also very like well written and and deep with a lot of its Castlevania lore. I just feel like I don't want a stupid AAA video game movie anymore. I'm over it. Yeah, <laughs> like, and I, I mean, I've seen a few promo shots from this one, and it looks cool, like in terms of like the garb and the still image of them in a desert but like i mean i already hate the plot i hate the plot right it's it's such a like whenever that it's a sonic thing again mm-hmm. where it's like well the in-game lore is too fucking stupid to ever put on the silver screen mm-hmm. says a movie executive yeah uh make it where like normal life people run into this yeah. stupid creature and that's it fish out of water one or the other yeah <laughs> it's it's always gonna be that put them in a monster hunter world or bring the monsters to them and it's right just like, okay there's nothing really unique or fun about that and we're getting long form like television series that are like oh no we actually are okay with the subject matter and we are <laughs> yeah. okay with the fact that it's gonna take like 10 episodes to really tell this story yeah that was the interesting thing about the witcher even though i didn't like get all the way through it i still think i'm like halfway through it but like they did like hey we're gonna do kind of like monster of the week stuff but there's also this like overarching story of like characters that are developing in the background Mm -hmm. around Geralt, which is really fascinating yeah man these stories need time to breathe you know and also choose games that have an actual story not monster hunter the story of monster hunter world is not super riveting no <laughs> follow the sapphire star say, let the sapphire star guide your way to a different idea paul ws anderson yeah i, I gotta say all right bad paul anyway number i mean th- i do want to see her take down a fucking uh rathalos i'm just gonna say that Ooh, that would want, be fun i just want to see a rathalos i do want to see a rathalos yeah. live action that would be that's the only like that's a treat <laughs> for this film yeah. yeah number three now this is a fun faux pas Twitch deletes a Black Lives Matter video that features mostly white people. Uh Uh-huh. The video itself featured precisely two black streamers while mostly focusing on Dr. Lupo, who is precisely white, discussing black lives. Now, many took immediate issue with the lack of representation, and Twitch promptly pulled the video. They responded on Twitter, stating, quote, We hear you. Our goal was to demonstrate the importance of allyship, a message we didn't make clear. Only by working together can we create a positive change. End quote. Well, one black creator featured in the video, uh, Zombe Kills, applauded the video for its show of allyship. Bliskai had a different perspective. She wrote on her Twitter, quote, 
It sucks that Twitch deleted the tweet, but it had to happen. I want to see black gamers succeed and make a difference as well. My first ever huge thing from Twitch, and I'm glad I got the opportunity to see myself up there. Disappointed, Twitch just delivered it the wrong way. End quote. Yeah, she was the other one in the video. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, did you run this by anybody <laughs> yeah. that, you know, maybe I, wasn't a white dude? <laughs> like, I get the idea of, like, white knighting as allies and, and trying to kind of elevate black voices and creators. But the way sure. you elevate black voices and creators is by showing black voices and creators in your video. Right. Like, that's awesome that you have all these other people rallying for this cause and raising money but it missed the point and when it's like when you're saying things like hey we're gonna do a better job at using our platform to you know elevate creators do that yeah i think it's it's a very it's pretty easy right there right it's like if you want to open the door for black content creators open the door yeah <laughs> like come on you know uh, uh. And like, I, not, not to shit on the people that were featured in there. Some of them who actually didn't even know that they were featured in that video. Oh, like Anna who? Pierce. Ah. Uh, because a lot of those creators have done a great job at raising money and, and rallying for this cause, you know, whether it was Alana Pierce or uh, what is his name? Uh, Crank's Gameplay. But like these people who have supported these causes for a long time and really just use their platform for good. Awesome. Really great. Cool. But also to use this video in a way that like kind of came out in a half-baked way and then they have people like alana pierce come out and be like hey i had no idea this was happening i had no idea that this charity stream i was doing that i didn't think she did it on twitch i think it was on a different platform that they used and was just like i didn't know you were going to use my content in this way and i guess you do own it so you can do whatever you want with it but maybe run it by us <laughs> uh yeah that would be a nice courtesy that's also weird too they put together this video and didn't tell some of the people that participated in it yeah as as per alana pierce's tweet from like a few days ago it's like well i had no idea this happened until just now but i want to be clear i had absolutely no idea that twitch was going to use a clip of me in the black lives matter video they took down and i'm not cool with it i guess they own all content on their platform but i'm shocked i wasn't asked for everyone who missed it Twitch posted a video this morning about Black Lives Matter that featured almost entirely white creators, which included a clip of me thanking viewers for raising $30,000. So you featured these people, but didn't even let them know. And it's just like, I think they should have been given a choice in that. That's a controversial opinion. Yeah. <laughs> that, that you would need permission to use somebody's video footage, right? Yeah, yeah what a weird, what the fuck? <laughs> like, everything about it's just kind of... Mm, they also did another thing too, where they posted an image where it was uh, LBGTQ plus, mm -hmm. and they're like, the G also stands for gamer, and people are like, no, the no fuck the it fuck doesn't. It. <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go. He walked out of the he, wa Sorry, he walked out of the room. He got so upset that he walked out of the room. <laughs> During you didn't see Pride that one? month of all months too, you do that. What the fuck, Twitch? <laughs> Yo, dudes. Yeah, you need to be. You need to have like peer review. Maybe maybe spread it around. Make sure there's diverse uh, mm. eyes on that shit before you hit publish. <laughs> well, I guess when they're too busy running checks and balances with their entire staff on Doctor Disrespect's happenings, maybe they miss things along the way. Yeah, maybe like <laughs> they got the whole court. <laughs> Everyone's in court session with Doctor Disrespect, and everyone is in a DX racer chair. <laughs> Can you imagine the whole courtroom where they're just sitting in the gamer Switch court? You just hear the creaking of their fucking vinyl chairs. They, they walk up to the mic. Thank you, Elgato, for sponsoring this uh, courtroom session. 
<laughs> now, before we have a word from our juries, uh, here's a word from Manscaped. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Fuck, I think this is just kind of a gross misrepresentation of your creators and the cause. I mean, granted, these they were streaming for the cause, but it's just like, right. you missed the mark. Here's the net. You were three feet to the right. Right. I mean, and then a few people have called out just going like, hey, how about you use like your front page to amplify the voice of uh, black streamers? That, yeah. That's a good way to do that. Yeah. How about you do that? You know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Like j- just these there's naturalistic ways to amplify voices without uh, looking like you're shouting down or mm-hmm. taking up the oxygen of that conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think especially a platform like Twitch, which is so big and is only well, still the biggest game in town, thanks mm-hmm. to Mixer going out of the, the, the equation. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to be more responsible of how you use that platform. I mean, isn't that isn't that the lesson that we're learning across the board? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> responsibility with the platform that you wield. Yeah. So it was a bad look, but you know what? I'm not going to keep on fucking hitting them on the chin. I just think that they need to, you know, mm-hmm. really take a step back and listen. That yeah. is what your black community has been saying across the board. Hey, how about you just listen to us? Mm-hmm. There you go. You might get some great feedback. Yeah. And I mean, kudos <laughs> to the companies that have shifted the 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 voice to lesser heard people, you know, like I look at the work at like rooster teeth is done in some capacity and kind of funny where it's like, Hey, we have mm-hmm. black creators. Like, you know, when, when blessing hosted a week straight of kind of funny games daily and brought on, you know, black creators, I thought mm-hmm. that was awesome. It was That's great. That's a way to spotlight. It's it. cool. That's a way to elevate voices in a time when it matters most. What a neat way to use your platform. <laughs> Y'all. How about that? Yeah. How about but that? But again, I get it. It was supposed to be about allyship, and that's what that video right. was definitely about. But it just misses the point, is all. It does, yeah. But I think these um, these uh, rake stepping moments mm-hmm. are definitely gonna they're gonna stick. Yeah, I think it's probably humbling for them too. I think they probably they learn from it. They apologize about it. I don't. I hope they don't just double back and make a different video. Like that's not the point. Don't then make a video with black creators in it because you you fucked up the first time. Yeah, no. Just take a step yeah. back and listen to what people actually want. Just rethink your platform. You have a lot of people right now screaming across multiple movements, whether it's the Black Lives Matter one or deplatforming, you know, abusers and people who shouldn't have platforms like that. Restructure what's going on in Twitch right now. Yeah, absolutely, dude. All right, well, number four on here, my friend. Well, first, I want to point out, look how dead asleep this cat looks. She's so dead. Look at this. She, but I she left looks, the room, and she stayed where right right where she was. The expression on her face is, like, painfully asleep. <laughs> like, look how... De- look, that, look at that eye. <laughs> look how dead she is. She's, she's the sort of, like, hard asleep where she's trying to fake being asleep because she doesn't want us to bug her. Like, when <laughs> mom comes in to tell you breakfast is at 10, but you want to sleep until 11. Do you really do that? Who, me? You want me to bug you? <laughs> do you do that? No, she's a... Are you faking? (laughs) (laughs) Number four. Westworld's creators are making a Fallout TV series for Amazon. Should probably have bumped this up to the rest of the adaptation shit. But you know what? Mm -hmm. Fast and loose, baby. There we go. (laughs) Amazon Studios has commissioned a series based on Bethesda's Fallout franchise. Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy's Kilter Films, the team behind HBO's Westworld, will produce the show. Here's a big quote. Quote, Fallout is one of the greatest game series of all time. Each chapter of this insanely imaginative story has cost us countless hours we could have spent with family and friends. What? What? That's real? (laughs) Why would you say that? (laughs) (laughs) And a first statement about this new Fallout series. It's at the top of their blog post, like on Bethesda. Wow. (laughs) 
I wish I could watch my boy grow up, but I was out there in the wasteland. <laughs> Crafting an imaginative, immensely immersive story. You just see the kid outside in the front lawn just throwing a football by himself. <laughs> like, just throwing it across the yard. Dad's inside, and he's like, I got a new power armor. <laughs> like, what the fuck? That's painful. Anyway, so we're incredibly excited to partner with Todd Howard and the rest of the brilliant lunatics at Bethesda to bring this massive, subversive, and darkly funny universe to life with Amazon Studios. Uh, end quote, said Nolan and Joy in unison. Literally, they didn't specify who said that. <laughs> Mr. Todd Howard took a break from single-handedly porting Skyrim to every system to say, quote, over the last decade, we looked at many ways to bring Fallout to the screen, but it was clear from the moment I first spoke with jo- Jonah? Really? Jonathan? He prefers to be called Jonah? Interesting. Huh. Anyway. Jonah and Lisa, if you re- there's a lot of revelations in this fucking this press release. <laughs> it's like we're reading it for the first time. It's amazing. Anyway. Jonah and Lisa a few years ago. That they and the team at Kilter were the ones to do it right. We're enormous fans of their work and couldn't be more excited to work with them and Amazon Studios. Mm -hmm. End quote. (laughs) The press release makes it sound as if Kilter Films will retain the grit and humor of the game set against the famed nuclear wasteland. No word of casting, directors, or even how many episodes to expect, but it does sound like the series will be a while out given that Nolan and Joy are busy working on a William Gibson adaptation and have been tapped for a fourth season Mm. of Westworld. Don't know where that show could go go anymore, by the way. I feel yeah, like, you watched all of season three, right? Yeah, I feel like you could have just ended it right there, but okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, interesting. I, I liked it. I think it's cool. Yeah, you said it was like super different than the first two seasons and did some interesting like modern tech stuff. It is. Although the uh, the actor that plays Maeve kind of pointed out where she's kind of unhappy or frustrated with the role now mm-hmm. because she said literally season two and three are action shows mm-hmm. and the first season's not. It's a very much heavy drama. Yeah. And I was like, oh. That's a good point. Yeah, you're right. This whole fucking thing is like an action movie. Like season three, people are like literally having Matrix fights with each other. Maybe the show is getting worse. Maybe. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> but that's perfect for Fallout. <laughs> you know, have people blasting at each other and whatnot, and it's action, it's comedy, mm-hmm. it's it's this and that. Flip of everything. It's yeah. Nuanced. What would you want out of a Fallout series? I can't even imagine. Uh, stories from the vaults. I don't because it's like. It's, it's interesting. I think we talked about, you know, Monster Hunter World not being a very rich story to develop and bring to the screen, whereas Fallout is the exact opposite. It's yeah. super rich. It's super, super rich in its, like, overt storytelling or its contextual stuff or the world stuff or just character dialogue. Coming across a body, finding a note that tells a story of an area. Like, there's just so many little drippings of narrative enrichment that those games do that's amazing and it mm-hmm. is it's not one note either right it's dark it's sad it's funny all in the same sentence sometimes. it's satire it's satire yeah, so i think there's just so much you could do um in terms of like how i'd want to see it i don't want to be it immediately after the drop uh the bombs drop like you know uh oh give, it needs to be in the wasteland yeah give it, it in the wasteland be, for sure you can't call it fallout and have it be like a prequel you know what i'm yeah. saying like it's fallout oh yeah <laughs> So, as in terms of setting, though, I mean, I don't know. Capital Wasteland's always great. The Commonwealth's pretty mm. good. Like, or if you want to tell a story across multiple parts of the United States and maybe culminate into like a central area, 
You know, right. maybe you have a bunch of survivors that hear a message and they have to kind of maybe get to like the Midwestern part of the United States and their stories kind of collide or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like you could go any direction in this and it'll be fine. You yeah. can have it be like as simple as a man wakes up from a vault and yeah. needs to figure out what the world is or you, you give them a... a pursuit or goal mm-hmm. that takes them across different parts of the wasteland mm-hmm. visiting different vault anything dude i like the thought of maybe Ooh. somebody who like because this happens a lot in the games even where it's like maybe something happened think rick grimes in, like the walking dead right where he gets hospitalized and he wakes up in a fucking zombie apocalypse maybe somebody gets like cryo slapped and they wake up they're like what the fuck is going on yeah hundred years later their f- family's dead that's like, our in for the audience that's that's right? it for the audience because like you're literally like pulled into this world against your will mm-hmm. <laughs> and kind of whisked into it you could do something like that that's been done before, obviously, or you could do something really interesting that might, you know, speak to fans. Like, maybe tell an interesting faction story. Maybe tell a story of, like, a soldier who is part of, like, the Brotherhood of Steel or something like that. Like, there's so much you can do because there's so much story. I would love to see, um, yeah, maybe maybe you're visiting different fat or, like, the main character visits different factions and, like, mm-hmm. doesn't know which side to really mm-hmm. truck with and gets to learn that with the audience as you go through. Something like mm-hmm. that. But I feel like literally... All of the ingredients of Fallout, yeah, you could very easily make a TV show. It's yeah. done. It's like it's already there, right? Just make an interesting main character because you have to. They mm-hmm. can't be, you know, Joe Schmo nobody. Mm-hmm. And um, add conflict literally everywhere they go. Exactly. <laughs> and then you're done. Yeah. Ready made. Now Have a good lead, too. Yeah. Uh, do you think this is like kind of in response to the fact that like, you know, Amazon's got Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're looking at Netflix and go like, you got motherfucking Witcher. You got Castlevania. Mm-hmm. You're, you're doing a Resident Evil eventually. Yeah. Like doing all this shit. They're just like, Fallout, ours. <laughs> you know? Yeah, they were pretty quick to snatch that up. Yeah. Whenever they'll do something with it remains to be seen. I mean, I think they're trying to scramble and just be a part of any ecosystem. They have a game studio. They have a movie studio. Like, yeah, TV everything. studio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I probably most would have loved to have seen this in maybe HBO's hands. Uh, That's a good point. HBO can do no wrong with some of their series for me. But they went for prestige. They're like, we want Sony exclusives of TV shows. Yeah. So they did fucking Last of Us. Damn. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a big one. Yo, that is a big one. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. I'm excited for that. Whatever that becomes. Yeah, too, exactly. Right? For, I mean, for this, it's like, it's such a crapshoot because it's like, okay, you run the risk of of alienating your audience by like, if we're going to adapt a game, Oh, we're going to adapt like the story of fallout three versus four versus new Vegas. Like immediately it's like, fans are like, Oh, I don't want you to tell this story again. Tell this one. Yeah, no, I think, I so think maybe you don't retread. You walk a line that, that it's like, here's familiar elements, but I feel like they have the, they have like this opportunity or this advantage where the fact that like, it's a creative character game and it's like very much choice driven that they can tell a story that's familiar to those different titles that's still unique unto itself in one degree or another. Like, they really could. Like, no, 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 no. If they straight up are like, hey, we're going to do part four story or part three story, mm-hmm. I'm like, eh, <laughs> you already fucked up. <laughs> like, do something else. Like, because it's different than Last of Us. Last of Us has set characters that mm-hmm. were like, I want to see what, I want to see Ellie. I want to see Joel. This other one is more like, hey, there's parts of the game I never even saw because I never even fucked with this faction, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. you don't need to be um, entirely. Uh, dedicated to just recreating that yeah so do you think they get a little daring with it though and do like the netflix bandersnatch thing where it's like because we had a choice driven game maybe we can make a choice driven series Ah, that shit's weak yeah it it (laughs) never pans out the way it needs to tell me a good story don't tell me a fucking a multiple choice thing unless you know it's good because that was my problem with bandersnatch there's like five endings that are just joke endings Mm -hmm. basically and i'm like okay 
That's unsatisfying. Yeah, I'd rather go with a deliberate intended ending for sure. Uh huh. Yeah. Although, I, again, I like your approach of like, okay, yeah, let's have an episode maybe with fucking the Minutemen or the Brotherhood or whoever else, you know? Yeah. Or here's another opportunity. You can tell an anthology series with mm. Fallout where it's like, here is uh, our lead character is someone from the Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. And then the next episode is going to be like, here's our lead character is an android escaping the uh, Institute. Mm-hmm. That might actually be pretty fucking dope. That could be really awesome. And then have their stories collide. I mean, if it's the dudes doing Westworld, that's exactly what Westworld was. Yeah, exactly. Where it's like, oh, here's three episodes that focus on the man in black and his arc. And then let's go back to the Mm -hmm. control room and shit. Especially if you get, like, androids involved, you can tell a very non-linear story. Oh, yeah. Because you could be like, oh, well, this android doesn't age, so it could be fucking, you know, Commonwealth 2300 or Commonwealth 2400, you know? Mm -hmm. So they can definitely stretch the parameters of the storytelling. It just depends on, you know, how they go with it. I don't know. They might be thinking really small scope. We're thinking big brain. Yeah, right we're, we're too big we're, brain. We have right fucking we galaxy brain right now yeah. over this. Uh, you know what? Let me, read, let me, back to reality. Do you want to see Todd in the series? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Make him a robot. Make him a ro- make yeah. him an android. Make him an android with bugs. Hell yeah. And he's like, he's opening up a fridge with Skyrim on the little <laughs> viewfinder. <laughs> Why would a fridge have a viewfinder? Just in case you want to know what's inside without opening it. That's smart. Big brain today. <laughs> All right, the last thing on here, we really, really need to collaborate on this one because I don't know what the fuck is going on anymore. Okay. And it has to do with smart delivery. (laughs) Number five, Microsoft wants next-gen upgrades to be free. There are some caveats, Mm -hmm. okay? Now, Video Game Chronicle reports that Xbox has told developers they can't charge for current-gen to next-gen upgrades to circumvent its free smart delivery service or similar services like EA's dual entitlement. Please get the word entitlement away from gamers. What is that? Dual entitlement? It's the same thing Uh, where it's like you own it here, you own it there kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, like as in they're not using the smart delivery service. There's a lot of working parts to this, but apparently adoption is not something that's 100% guaranteed, (laughs) okay? So if a publisher or developer opts out of smart delivery, they can offer a discount on next-gen versions of their current-gen titles or sell current-gen slash slash next-gen combo packs. This is where my mind starts to fucking break, Daniel. Mm -hmm. It starts to fucking break. VGC points to 2K, who decided not to offer a next-gen upgrade for for NBA 2K21, and are instead selling a $100 bundle with both the Xbox One and Xbox Series X version of the game. What? Mm. (laughs) Like, what do you... So do I give my old copy to my little brother? Here, you have the Xbox One now? Like, what, what? Or is it a disc that has both compatible versions on it? I imagine it would be two separate discs. Or is it, it's one disc and then it's like a digital voucher for or, the next gen vert. Like, yeah, wait, or other way around. like, wait a second, yeah. wait a second. Okay. Now it's starting to fucking hurt. Right now, according to Microsoft, Microsoft actually told VGC quote, developers and publishers ultimately decide how they deliver their games. And we work with them to provide the best possible experience experience based on their needs. End quote. While all first party Xbox games will benefit from smart delivery, such as Halo Infinite, it'll be a case-by-case basis for third-party games. Huh. Now, Sony has not pushed a smart delivery service of its own, but seems uh, to be honoring the notion of free next-gen upgrades for huge titles like Marvel's Avengers, Cyberpunk 2077, and FIFA 21. So, like, is I feel like this is just going to be a transitional thing 
to like once people either adopt the new system completely, is this going to be just a side effect until we get a couple of years into next gen and people are adopting it more where we don't need to do these weird back and forth versions or you bought it here first, it's an upgrade. So there's a few concepts here, right? Yes. One is that studios can offer a upgrade, mm. but if they don't want to work on this DLC intangible upgrade, when you pop in your disc and suddenly you download an upgrade to your edition, mm. You could just buy the PS5 slash Xbox Series X version of the game. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, what happened here? <laughs> what is the disconnect here? And I think it comes down to effort, right? Yeah. They're still having to put resources into making a version that is compatible with mm-hmm. next-gen systems. That's work. That's not easy free money. You know what I'm saying? It's not like they press a button and it's like, it's upscaled, bitches. Yeah. Let's sell it. You know, that's work on their end. And it's interesting where it's like, well, when you offer smart delivery, it's got to be free. So, like, I could see third party going, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And that's why they're doing little little schemey shit mm-hmm. like, here's this $100 bundle. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> what is this $100 bundle? Mm-hmm. You know, or I, I, I think I get the concept of um, selling the next version cheaper. Like, look at Last of Us Remastered, for instance. Mm-hmm. I, you remember how they're doing, like, extra, a mandated extra trade-in credit for the PS3 version? I traded in my my copy because mm-hmm. they're like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll give you like an extra twenty towards a new copy or okay. whatever, right? Um, and I was like, oh okay, so there's like you know retailer promotions and stuff to kind of make that transition smoother instead of you know just drilling me on the full cost of a next gen game. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's just as confusing. Like, so some games will have a free upgrade, other games will cost you money to buy a version but it's not an upgrade it's just a different version of the game mm-hmm. right like i'm getting confused <laughs> it's just a weird thing because i feel like they just need to they a lot of developers and publishers especially either sony or microsoft in these cases because they are the forerunners of next gen they feel like they have to address it but they don't know what they're addressing because they don't have it all in a uniform method right no like our third party is going to do this we're going to enforce this and it's just, it's it's a mess. And that doesn't speak to the Xbox Series X being backwards compatible. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I could still put in my NBA 2K21 mm-hmm. into the console and I'd be like, here you go, cool, you can play it. But it's not enhanced. It's not upgraded. It might be a little enhanced by default just because it's a better machine, mm-hmm. but it's not the upgraded it's version. It's not the version of Series X that we want. <sighs> it's Xbox Series 1 running on X. <laughs> it's like all right dude this is the hardest like this is one of the most confusing confusing. transition periods there's so much like weird messaging going around next gen right now that it's just like what the fuck like it almost makes sony makes more sense where it's just like they're doing the hard line like no it's it's a new system Mm -hmm. you got to get new games for it yeah (laughs) you know that kind of thing Mm -hmm. which is fine but it's interesting that they're like yeah you have to offer it for free through smart delivery but we're not going to stop you from fucking paying or make charging people otherwise. Here's the thing, though. You give a publisher the option to make more money or do something for free, they're going to make more money. They're going to make that's more the, why money. Why do you think EA is going to do a $100 bundle that they know people probably are going to buy? 2K. 2K. Oh, 2K. EA has entitlement for the gamers. Oh, you're right. Sorry. <laughs> I got it all mixed up because there's so many running terms right Like, now. what the fuck is going on? I don't know. It's, it's almost like um, Xbox's push to have like this ecosystem mm-hmm. is making it more confusing it's from so a consumer confusing. standpoint. 
Whereas, like, I get it. Like, this is a PlayStation 4, this is a PlayStation 5. <laughs> like, we're done. It makes sense. Some games will play, or actually most games will play on the PS4, on the PS5. Mm-hmm. But then there would be PS5-specific versions. Mm-hmm. That seems like a cleaner conversation. But then we're also getting, and then we get into the, oh, free upgrade thing again. And it's yeah. like, all right, I'm back to, wait, what? <laughs> now, I like the idea of what smart delivery could be. Mm-hmm. I just think it needs to be committed to. Yeah, <laughs> it's either all or nothing, right? And I don't think it would be out of the question for us to be like, hey, next-gen games, I know it's going to take a lot of back-end work and a lot of logistics and things that mm. are extra, but because we're doing smart delivery, now next-gen games are going to be like $70 versus 60 It has this built-in, baked-in feature. It'll upgrade, but it's going to be more. I mean, oh, wow. games are going to be more anyway. That's kind of I, that's also a swelling conversation around next gen that games are looking like they're going to be seventy dollars. Yeah, because 2K said that their their titles are going to be seventy bucks, which is like it makes sense. It's about <clears> time <throat> video games have been actually cheaper than they should be for a long time through mm-hmm. like two separate sort of recessions and economy ups and downs. So yeah, we're not accounting for inflation inflation in a lot of these cases and games probably should be like 80 to a hundred dollars. Probably. <laughs> yeah. But like that, God, that it's a tough sell, right? Mm-hmm. You know, especially during a recession where yeah. it's like, you're coming out of the gate going, all right guys, time to get new consoles and time to get $70 games now. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, I can't pay rent. Yeah. <laughs> also, I'm unsure if my game has smart delivery. <laughs> you know, it's like Halo's fine. Okay, what about my 2K? Ah, uh, <laughs> you know, th- that messaging sucks for a consumer. It, it it's it's not a great time. You know, and I'm not envious of any marketing team that has to fucking sift through that bullshit and answer mm. questions about what is and what isn't. Right? Mm. Like, it, thank God that they can at least say, well, all of our studios we own are committed to that promise. Mm. Well, what about what about FIFA? Go talk to FIFA. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I think it, it's going to get confusing from a standard general consumer standpoint. I always think of of the moms shopping for Christmas Those for their poor kids. Poor moms. Those poor moms out there just trying to get fucking Knack Two and Minecraft for their kids, but they don't understand what they're buying. I think, in terms of a visual marketing sense, you have to put it on the box, like. Mm-hmm you know, smart game compatible, smart delivery. You have to have something that denotes, Hey, this is what this is. You can't have it be like, is it or isn't you have, yeah. to, you have to push it that way. <sighs> yeah. It, it is a tough time. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things that like, um, it normalizes after a while. I'm sure we won't even have this conversation when, when studios start making the choice to say that, no, there won't be a last gen version mm-hmm. of this game. Like, yeah. We'll get to a point where it'll peter off probably like two, three years right. in where it's like, yeah, we're not going to get Wolfenstein New Colossus with, you know, smart delivery. Yeah, you don't have to worry about a voucher being in the box and a disc that you need to, like, blow on a little bit to, to hope that it works in your PS5 or your fucking 3C. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it'll be fine eventually, mm-hmm. right? But as, I don't know, the thing that makes it easier for me to navigate is just, like, I will buy things that say Series X or PS5s on the box. I'm fine. Let's just go for that. Let's yeah. Go for that high. Yeah. <laughs> or I'll just like practice and be like, let me slip this disc in. <gasps> it works. <laughs> there we go. Do you think it sets a dangerous precedent though to leave it like hmm. in such an ambiguous way? I don't it, know. We're it, like, I mean, we leave lots up to publishers now with games where it's like, hey, we're going to sell like an incomplete game at launch that's broken or in development and we're just going to pad it out with microtransactions and fund it as we go. I think we've already seen kind of a dangerous playing ground of like funding games and how that mm-hmm. looks, but I feel like 
leaving publishers to be like, well, if you give me the option to charge gamers $200 for a last-gen and this-gen version, I'm going to do it. Right. I I think it it is it is a thing, but I also think um, <laughs> the gamers are a hard audience, right? When they And they smell bullshit right away. I'll give them that. In fact, they call things bullshit that aren't bullshit. Mm-hmm. So immediately, yeah. something that is bullshit is going to get called out. Exactly. And so... I, I think it's really up to a publisher or developer if they want to take that fucking heat, if they if are seen doing a what is considered an anti-consumer uh, business mm-hmm. practice like that, where it's just like, oh, yeah, we're charging you for this, we're doing this, we're doing that. I'm like, no, 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 no. Make it, make it clean, make it consistent. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to do in tech, man. I'm sorry. If you want, if you want adoption, make it clean, make it consistent. Mm-hmm. The smart delivery stuff is, is hard because it lacks consi- consistency. That's, that's the problem right now, right? <laughs> I think it's hard, too, because we've only had so many people talk about it. It's still kind of like a, a new term in a lot of people's minds and mouths. I would love to know a lot of people's, like, assumptions of, like, what's next gen, mm. what's, you know, what's not from somebody that that, mm-hmm. that doesn't log in the IGN like we do every fucking yeah. day. Like, do I would like love a, to sit down and talk to somebody and be like, do you get what's happening? Yeah, do you like a Billy on the Street sort of thing? Yeah. <laughs> Where it's like, hey, what what is PS5? What's Xbox Series 1X? What's smart delivery? And they're like, yeah. uh, smart delivery? Smart delivery? Uh, a delivery method for gamers with high IQ? I don't know. Wow. Next! <laughs> get, get out of here! Get out of here, idiot! <laughs> you get a dollar! <laughs> Throw Horizon at somebody. <laughs> yeah i i would love to just kind of sit that out and i wonder if they if these companies have that uh opportunity to like have that user feedback and be like sit down mm-hmm. here's the information does it make sense what can we do to make it make sense you know that kind of thing i don't know do we need user feedback when we have social media these days where it's just like literally like people see a thing they're like okay the messaging of this is weird it immediately doesn't make sense mm-hmm. how are you going to make this make sense to a consumer who isn't me because you got to assume that not everybody is coming in with the same level of knowledge right that and is is this going to be a sustainable thing going forward you know it's like okay they they have a commitment to smart delivery well will they in the future they had a commitment to connect right out of the box back on Mm -hmm. you know xbox one what happened there (laughs) you know yeah when shit doesn't work out microsoft is never afraid of pulling the cord yeah yeah they're like google google does the same thing where it's just like eh it's done (laughs) you know Google's a little different. Well, yeah, yeah. They say it's done to literally every... They, they fucking do a fire sale. They run through an office and go like, you're done, you're done, you're done. Cancel that. You're done, you're done, you're done. And then we'll they... Give it till, we'll <laughs> give it six months until Stadia is done. Yeah. Oh, my God. Is anyone talking about Stadia right now? What the fuck? Like, why would you is, like, my question. Why would you talk about Stadia right now? <laughs> I feel like they probably are doing something during Keeley's summer explosion, but... I haven't seen anything yet. Probably, but I got to tell you, in an era where everyone's internet's getting throttled because of work from home, mm-hmm. probably not the best time to launch something that is a streaming service like that. Yeah, they, they couldn't have accounted for that. No, they couldn't Even have accounted for all their Google knowledge, they but could have known. It's just one of those terrible things where it was yeah. like, oh my God, dude. <laughs> Bad time. You had the whole fucking garbage truck not only dump on you, but they backed up on you too. <laughs> and they tossed it out of an airplane. <laughs> they taught that It was in the sky. Yeah. It's amazing that that happened. <laughs> There's so much sky, Google. How did you get in the way of that garbage truck? <laughs> well we'll figure out what next gen is if it even fucking happens yeah we'll see i i do think it's it's kind of what you said too where it's like it might evolve over time we'll get a point two years into next gen where it's like smart delivery probably doesn't need it to happen and then they can abandon the term yeah focus on other things and we're not confused about these weird bundles Mm -hmm. i'm still confused why would you buy a bundle for a hundred dollars that's a last gen and next gen version of the game are you future proofing like, are you future-proofing, or are you just like, I am so dedicated to NBA 2K21? 
21. It makes no sense. Or I need to play it the fuck now. And then I also need to play it tomorrow when my, my Xbox comes out. It both speaks to the unsuredness of smart delivery and backwards compatibility. <laughs> right. Like, if you had backwards compatibility down, it's like, okay, cool. We'll sell you an Xbox version of the game that you can play on your fucking Series X. Bingo, bingo. You're done. Right. Same with PlayStation 4 and 5, but it's just like... As a consumer, my first question would be like, wait a second. I thought you told me that my Xbox One copy will work on Series X. Yeah. So why are you selling me this? And it's like, well, because we don't want to give you an upgrade for free is the answer. Uh, and it's like, uh, <laughs> right? That's that's the thing that sucks about this. We're just like, oh, okay, cool. Weird. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, I've only really known a few developers to kind of come out and talk about smart delivery. I think uh, CD Projekt Red being the first one to really fucking tear the envelope open on that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, hey, we're doing this for a cyberpunk. Boom. Oh, and PS5. And PS5, yeah. Uh, free upgrade, I guess. Yeah. Cool. cool. I mean, fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'll buy day one, I guess. I guess so. If you're going to fucking force my hand, you'll make me do it. <laughs> you're gonna, they're forcing me <laughs> to buy Cyberpunk. <laughs> All right, Daniel. Yeah. I think that's that, that's it. That, that's this it. This is the show. This is We did this, it. This is episode 96. We ran the gamut of information and news and discussion, like we said at the top. Like we said at the <laughs> beginning, years ago. Years ago. <laughs> Well, guys, we thank you for putting your ears on this. Thank you for mm-hmm. listening to other gamer news for gamers. And if you wanted to catch us elsewhere, perhaps on your socials, you can find us on Twitter and exclusively Twitter at Save Room Show. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we really have a need for another platform. Well, we have a Discord. We have a Discord. We should probably put the link on the on the the episodes going forward. But nah, yeah, I'm good. You don't want that. You don't no, want motherfuckers coming. You're like, no, 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 no. It's a secret Discord. Well, the Discord should be curated. I, like, it's like giving it to everybody. Um, if we had something like a Patreon where it's like, okay, hit our Patreon tier seven, then you get our Discord link. So you're really not going to like this next bit of information. Okay. So you know how they have like planes that do sky riding? Uh-huh. <laughs> I put our Discord link on a sky rider. Yeah. And actually, look at the window right now. <laughs> it's coming by. Look at sky rider, Michael. <laughs> Well, it's a good thing the Discord link yeah. changes every hour. Uh, yeah, I can't. That's the thing oh, about God. dropping a Discord link. It's never the same. I can't find the general link. It's like <laughs> it's like for specific channels. Discord, you're confusing me. Yeah. You're like smart delivery. Well, if you guys want to know about our Discord, <laughs> add us at save room and then jump in our DMs. Be like, hey, can we get on that Discord? What's with the Discord? And then we'll be like, look up. <laughs> <laughs> look under your seat. Look, look under your copy of Horizon Zero Dawn, too. <laughs> it won't work with your PS4. <laughs> <laughs> but gamers we thank you for being here uh we appreciate you you guys are the soft beautiful beating heart of of this show we oh, do this baby. for you uh oh, sometimes baby. for ourselves because we're masturbatory white men mm-hmm. but, and that's clementine our producer you say we're masturbating white men <laughs> <laughs> i said masturbatory okay clementine, say good night to the gamers good night to the gamers say good night good night good night good night she has no words she is stunned into silence at the state of the gaming sphere <laughs> explain smart delivery to us clementine <laughs> What is your thought? <gasps> no. Okay. That's that's the word right that's there. The Clementine's word. law on smart delivery is. <laughs> yeah. You better fix that, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Until next time. Remember to save your games. Bye. Bye.